Welcome to the Young Adult Podcast, where we will be engaging in weekly conversations around the amazing, tough, fun, weird, but extremely important and defining season of your 20s, all while bringing you more of a biblical perspective. Our goal is to dive deeper into conversations that push you, challenge you, and hopefully inspire you to begin to walk in the fullness of who God created you to be, which we believe will make you the most effective for the kingdom of God. Let's jump into this week's episode. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Young Adult Podcast. My name is Connor Grimm, and I will be your host. Today, I'm flying solo as a host, but I have an incredible guest in the studio, a friend of mine, a fantasy football colleague slash rival, um, and somebody who's actually doing some pretty cool stuff in the podcast world himself. Would you guys give a round of applause to my guest, Mitch Parsons? It's our live studio audience. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, I never told I never told you. We did this in front of a live studio audience. And by that, it's a little button on our board. Um, Mitch, what's going on in life, man? How are you? Oh, man, I am good. I am waiting for my wife to give birth. That's um, right. You yeah. uh any minute now. Literally, literally any minute. She's not figuratively. No, like Right now, I had to text her while we're doing this saying, hey, if you really need me, we're upstairs <laughs> podcasting. But she, uh, as this is being recorded, is uh, her due date's tomorrow. So. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. Are you ready to be a dad? No. As ready as you can yeah, be, I guess. Yeah, as ready as I can be. I'm realizing that the the more I come to terms with the fact that I'm not ready, yeah, I'm getting closer to being ready. Yeah. Uh, so... I'm really scared, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's awesome. It's awesome. Um, I think that you can read the books, watch the videos. Nothing preps you more than, like, holding a baby. I know that sounds weird, but, like, I thought I was mentally ready until she came, and then I was like, oh, this is nothing like anything any book or podcast or whatever's ever told me about. But you just learn on the fly. Like, God makes you to be a dad. And yeah. so, yeah, so maybe by the time this podcast is out, Mitch will actually be a father. Which would be... Awesome for Jess's sake. I am praying for that that woman. She is a warrior. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. She's awesome. For those listening, Jess that we're referring to is Jess on staff, the Lakewood worship pastor, uh, the one with the big glasses. If you're watching, online, <laughs> uh, who sings very pretty. Yes, I taught Je- her everything. She's a powerhouse. She's she's amazing. Um, so Jess and Mitch uh, met during the internship at Red Rocks, right? Mm-hmm. Illegally. Illegal, yeah, yeah. We we try not to promote dating inside the uh, internship, intern to intern, or intern to staff member for the nine month duration. Uh, I'd say I'd say like fifty percent of staff relationships were birthed underground. Yeah, in the internship. Well, so I actually we had been dating off and on, uh, not off and on, just on and then off um, <laughs> uh, before that, and so. We had picked up dating again before the internship started, and I kind of looked at Andrew and was like, I I know that I'm going to marry this girl, and so I'm either dating her or not doing any internship. Yeah. And so it was a little bit un- – it, it was underground. It was not as bad as my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law, so they were full-on oh, yeah. like, underground. I got to go on a trip, basically their pre-honeymoon yeah, uh, which, to Europe. Yeah, what there were two married couples that got to go through <laughs> Europe together, 
as before they were even married, I think they were they weren't even engaged yet. No, no, none of them were allowed to be dating. No, no. But we all knew that they were. It was very clear that Milana and Jake were were yeah. together. And Isaac and Hallie, they just That's decided true, that yeah. this was going to be a paid for vacation for the, for the two of them. <laughs> yes, um, dude. So I, I'm glad you're on here. You are doing some really cool stuff in the podcast world. Um, I think so. We, so at Young Adults, the past couple weeks, we've been doing a series on mental health. Uh, we as a team got together and talked and we're basically saying that like, man, at least 50 percent of the prayers that we receive via DMs, emails, whatever, if they're not about dating or, or something about sex, um, <laughs> they're normally about people wrestling through seasons of anxiety, seasons of depression, um, just all that different stuff. And I know part of part of your story and your testimony was sort of like your battle with football and all this different stuff in yeah. college. And then not only did you conquer that, wrestle through that, work through that, you kind of started a podcast um, to share that story and allow other people to do that. So yeah. I would love to hear like uh, you can plug your podcast all and right. hear like the, the heart behind it and, and sort of that journey of – your story of healing that has led you to where you're at right now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so you alluded to it. I, I played college football. If you saw me, if you know me, I'm 6'4". I'd love to say 250. I'm probably more than that at that at this point. <laughs> but uh, a large dude, and I quit football because of an eating disorder. Now, when you say you played football, we're not talking about like some small – like I, I got – two invitations to play football in college at schools I guarantee nobody's ever heard of. You played at schools people would know about. Yeah, so I, something it's weird to talk about, but I, I, I was an All-American in high school, so I had pretty much every school in the country recruiting me. I ended up, I'm a nerd, so I ended up at Vanderbilt uh, okay. to play football and then had some family issues, which is part of my testimony, um, that family health stuff that brought me home. So I finished at Colorado State. Uh, but I quit football uh, because of my eating disorder. Okay. I would pass out at practice. I wouldn't eat for days at a time, which as a collegiate athlete, you can't do. But I got really good at hiding it. Um, and that carried into post-college life uh, because as much as you would love to or I would love to say that mental health or eating disorders, you I thought that the – thorn or like the cause was football and I took football out and the eating disorder was still there. It just, yeah. it manifested itself in a different way. Okay. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I started a podcast to talk about, uh, mental health. And the reason for that was because I got married and I was unemployed, uh, when I actually thought that I was going to be employed going into marriage and then <laughs> Whole another stuff, bunch of stuff happened. Uh, and so I ended up being unemployed for about six months, the first six months of our marriage. Uh, I had an eating disorder, which is a quote unquote woman's disease. Um, it's not for you listening to this if you're a dude who, man, I talk to a lot of guys on a daily basis, literally, that's what the podcast is at this point. Um, and you would be surprised at the, at the frequency or the incidence of men who have unhealthy relationships with food. Oh um, yeah! Like go to the gym and talk to a guy about his macros, um, <laughs> dude. Trust me, I've I've jumped on every potential diet train you can ever imagine. It's, so it's something that society perpetuates, and it's just not healthy, but it's societally accepted. And so, 
I uh, was sitting there uh, for six months. My wife, who is a spiritual warrior, challenged me to spend six months reading, writing. I like to write. I like to draw. Um, You're a phenomenal artist, too. Thank you. Seriously. It's one of those things that I I think the Lord has given me the ability to write and draw, to talk about mental health, which I I do. Um, I love to do it. Uh, But... One day the Holy Spirit was, I was sitting in my quiet time. I cry a lot. Uh, <laughs> I was sitting crying about this fact that, like, what kind of man are you? Like, you're sitting here while your wife goes to work. Uh, you're punishing yourself and not eating because you're mad that you're not working. Uh, and my, meanwhile, we're waiting on a job. I work actually for Zach's parents, Zach Atwood's uh, fellow young adult guy. Uh, but the hiring po- process took a while. And so I'm sitting here. And Holy Spirit was like, do you really think you're the only guy who wrestles with shame? Wow. And <laughs> I was like, like begrudgingly like, no. Yeah. And followed that question. Like I have, I, it's cool. I have it in my journal, like me having this conversation with, with God. And he was like, do you, what do you think would happen if you asked a hundred men uh, if they wrestle with shame? I was like, well, I, I would think that a hundred out of a hundred would say yes. In one way or another, whether that be mental health, whether that be addiction, whether that be abuse or uh, financial fail- failure, marital failure. Yeah. Um, and I had that all the time. I was unemployed. And so I started <laughs> just reaching out to every guy I knew. I got connected to the recover ministry. Um, I got connected with some of my old teammates. And we just had coffee or a drink at the bar um, legally. I'm 21. Um, <laughs> and I said, hey, tell me your story. And it took me a little over, I got hired during this process, but it took me a little over a year and a half to talk with 100 men. Uh, and 100 out of 100 told me, yeah, I have a testimony of shame. That's crazy. And so the podcast is repeating that process, replicating that process, but behind a mic and yeah. giving men the opportunity to uh, say, hey, I wrestled with this. And if you do too, it's okay. Um, because more often than not, these men were like, I feel like I do have this pain, but I can't talk about it because the world says, man, tough it up, figure it out, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and keep on going, rub some dirt in it. Suck yeah, it there is a weird stigma with guys that like uh, like pain is somehow, or like internal pain, emotional pain is somehow attributed or like accepted like as feminine, mm-hmm. but masculine people men or whatever don't feel yeah <laughs> it just couldn't be more you know like not not to be too cheesy here but david in the bible yeah. yeah is like if you want to look at what stereotypical masculinity is the guy probably checks every box yeah but then you see this other side of him where he's a poet he cries you know what yeah. i mean like he, he there are a lot of people who would argue that he was bipolar yeah like he wrestled with anxiety he or like it talks about when he's in the depths of despair, like times that he, like, God, how long have you forgotten me? Uh, all these things where it's like, I guarantee you if you were to translate that to today, like, God, where the heck are you? Yeah. Like, why are you? I feel like I don't want to get out of bed today. And I, I called them wet blanket modes where um, <laughs> it felt like you took this quilt that was soaking wet and just laid it over top of me. Yeah. And did, And I carried it into my marriage where like didn't care what I said. Didn't care the, the effects of who it hurt. Um, like, I physically felt my heart rate slow. I just wanted to literally, like, be fetal position on the couch. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. If you're my friend, you're not my friend. I don't consider you a friend at this moment. Like, yeah. And I feel like 
there are times when I read the Psalms and I'm like, that's why blanket mode. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, David's yeah. being a real jerk to everybody. Yeah, right yeah. That's crazy. So what's really cool is I think there's a lot of people that have a lot of good intentions um, about starting a podcast, starting a web, writing a book, whatever. I mean, I'm one of those. I'm filled with tons of good intentions. And I think this year, I, you know, once we figure out baby number two and her colic, um, I'm really going to try to take steps to like pull the pull the trigger, or whatever, like make it happen. Um, what what took you from a place of like, hey, this is a good idea. I've proven it by talking to a lot of guys yeah. to this is something that needs to be shared with the world. Oh, gosh. So the I think part of it, I'm a three, so I'm an achiever. I think part of it's actually an unhealthy way that it came about. Um, okay. And I say that, and so I'm also filled with ideas. Like I'm writing a book too. Um, and the hardest part for you to encourage you of writing is the first page because yeah. just to start writing. Yeah. Um, but for me, I mean, man, I have dreams to uh, run. Well, the podcast was never really even a dream um, of mine. It was something that someone suggested to me. And I was like, yeah, but I'm writing a book and I draw and I want to create this archive of testimonies that I, that you can like recall people like by keyword. I want to create this. I want to run men's conferences one day. I want to speak about men. And then someone's like, you should run a podcast. And I was like, I have no clue how to do that. <laughs> yeah. And so um, I was sitting in Monk and Mongoose and was praying through, like, God, what are you doing? Like, then this is where the, the unhealthy part came. Like, so the three pe closest people in my life right now are my wife, um, Jake Bakken, his, uh, her, my wife's brother, and Milana. Yeah. And I'm like, these are three powerhouses of, like, if you've listened to or know any of them, it's like you are so anointed. And then I'm like, and I, what am I doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> like I am doing nothing. And, uh, like, how can I contribute to being, like, because forever I think people attach, like, if you're not attached to a, ch a church job, what are you doing? Like, how do you do ministry yeah, outside yeah. of? And so I sell gloves. Like, how am I going to? And so I started, I kept telling people, like, man, if you could hear this story. Like, so-and-so, like, 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 I'm going to throw your name in here. But, like, Connor wrestles with blank. Yeah. I don't really wrestle with blank, but I just talked with, I'm going to say Jake because I can't. But Jake wrestles with that, too. How do they connect? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm sitting in this coffee shop and realized as I'm drinking coffee that every single one of these conversations was over a drink. Um, I Googled how much it cost to, to – uh, I Googled how much it cost to, to buy mics and do all this stuff. And I, I do a lot of things blindly. I just yeah. jumped in and was like, God, I trust that if this is something that you are going to anoint or you're going to – to bless that this X amount of money will be covered. Yeah. Within a month, I had people that had supported me to cover all the costs. Oh, that's crazy. And that's so awesome. I run the podcast essentially, I pay 20 bucks to, to host it a month. And yeah. Other than that. That's, dude, that's awesome. So I, I don't know if we've officially, what is the name of your podcast? Have we said that no, yet? No. Or, oh, okay. So it's called Over a Drink. Okay. Uh, over a Drink. On the premise that every conversation was over a drink. Okay. Awesome. Starbucks or coffee or 
whiskey. Or non-alcoholic <laughs> whiskey. Yeah. Or non-alcoholic no. whiskey. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, so that's awesome. And, and hey, if if you are in for a good listen, I I'll be honest, I haven't heard them all. I think I've heard three or four of them. Um, and I've enjoyed. I've like loved it. I put it on one when I was working out, a couple when I was driving. Um, and what I love is like to see people that I know exploring their like creative outlets and producing stuff that isn't just like fun, but actually has like contribution to like make in the church world, but also just in like society and like our culture and everything that's going on um, in the world. And so I I think it's cool. I definitely think you guys need to check it out. Um, So that was like a big intro to sort of Mitch's podcast. I kind of want to touch a little bit on your personal journey of healing. Like we kind of talked about how on a macro level that led you to the podcast, Mm -hmm. but we're in a series on mental health. We've had some awesome people. Uh, we had a professional counselor. We just had Jerica Matrone go and share her story and testimony with her uh, her journey to um, mental health. Um, and you were telling you were telling everybody how you sort of wrestled, not even sort of, you wrestled with like an eating disorder and shame. Um, and I can even say from when I've known you, you just your demeanor has like changed. You seem like a totally different person. What are some steps? Because uh, everybody, whether it's whether it's an eating disorder or whether it's whatever, anxiety, yeah. depression, everybody's wrestling with something. Oh yeah. And I think we all have things to learn from other people's story and other people's journey. So, like, man, how did you recognize it was a problem? And then, what were some of your steps to like, hey, this this might not be cured overnight, but I'm gonna fight for for yeah. health in my life. Yeah. Um, well, that's a good point. First of all, is it won't be cured overnight. Um, actually, hold on. I believe that God can, um, and in some cases he does, Yeah. but more often than not, it's, yeah. it's, it's a marathon. Yeah. Um, and so I think it was, it was actually called out of me. I, I had accepted my eating as just, that's just what normal people do. Like that's, yeah, I'm an athlete. I need to be meticulous over everything that I put in my body. And like, if I eat this then I better go work it off because I'm an athlete and I can, and like, yeah. I should. And I had a girl who, when I was at Vanderbilt, she sat down across from me at the in the athlete dining hall and goes, she was had become a friend of mine, and she goes, so how long have you had an eating disorder? And oh, I looked, wow. I looked at her and I was like, I don't. And she goes, no, I was hospitalized for a year for an eating disorder. Oh, wow. And you have the same eating habits as me, and either you get help and tell somebody or I'm going to tell somebody. And I was like, oh, Okay, so I actually got, <laughs> I had to be monitored while I ate for the rest of my time at Vanderbilt. But um, yeah, so that was like how I realized that I needed help. But I, even still, I didn't. I was kind of pissed because I was like, "This is my thing. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to invite people into it." So like, I think that that would be the first thing is like, if you're wrestling with something, don't let pride be the 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 thing that hinders you from healing because it's possible yeah but a lot of times like we're not meant to walk this world alone like there are things i i talk about it with marriage uh that there are wounds that someone else might have the uh the self to um someone else might have the, the the ointment that need that your wound needs to heal yeah um you can't do it by yourself and um if you, you i'm sure you can but it's gonna be a lot harder yeah, uh, you can wrestle with it all by yourself. The enemy loves to make you operate in isolation, uh, and mental health is no different. Uh, oh yeah, my my granddad. I'm sure he didn't come up with this, but he used to always say that isolation's the devil's playground. Oh, like 
if he can have you feeling like you're the only one, then you start to isolate yourself from everybody. And then all of his lies can just literally dance in your mind As all truth, day. Yeah. With, no, with no one to be able to call out because he operates in half truths and lies. Yeah. And a half truth can be accepted as a truth very easily until you say it out loud. And someone's like, no BS. Yeah. That's not true. And I, I learned that I needed help. So like one is pride two counseling or psychiatric help or some kind of community. I would recommend counseling to anybody. Yeah. Um, no one's too cool. If you think you're too cool for counseling, shut up. Yeah. Like you're not. <laughs> And yeah. like I, I fought it for the longest time, um, because I wanted to do it by myself, and I didn't want to have to ask for help. And finally, the breaking point for me was, I, I actually drew a picture of it, and um, apparently it resonated with people. But uh, it was this idea that um, my mental health crap was permeating into Jess. Yeah. Like, my wife is the most amazing person in the world. Never once has struggled with anything related with food. And then one day she made a comment that I was like, almost like that that moment at Vanderbilt where I was like, hey, I think that way. You can't be thinking that way. You're not allowed to. Yeah. Like, And the drawing that I had was like me sitting on the other side of this wall and like there was a knife in my gut and I'm bleeding and my and Jess asking to come in and help me. And me just saying, no, I got it. I'm fine. But she's like cleaning up the blood on the other side of the wall. Oh, like, wow. And so the idea is like I was blind to the idea that my stains were still affecting her. Yeah. And so in that moment, I was like, nope, I'm going and getting help because it's no longer just affecting me. Yeah. Um, and it, I'm bringing a, a daughter into this world. Yeah. I'm not going to – I'm not absolute – I'd rather die <laughs> than to, to – to, um, project my mental unhealth onto my daughter before she has a chance when she's so impressionable. Yeah. Um, so that's what like, and counseling has changed my life, man. I, um, even on days that I feel great to go and process things that I didn't even realize I needed to process because there's things that like you don't want to talk to with your friends. Yeah. There's things that, you, like, that I don't, I have, we're humans. I have gross thoughts about myself, about people, that if I were to say to my wife would hurt her feelings because like she hates that I feel that way about myself. Yeah. My counselor is paid <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah. to let me say that to her. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, counseling and grace for yourself, man. So you had this landmark moment where you were like, wow, this so often like our, our struggles, our hurts, our scars, yeah, we kind of think that they're just ours to carry and that yeah. nobody else can feel them, see them, be affected by them. You had this moment where you realized like, oh my gosh, the person that I love most in this world, even though I think I'm doing a good job of keeping this under wraps, yeah. it's affecting not just our relationship, but her as a person. Yeah. So you had this moment where you're like, okay, I need to get help. What was the first drive? Because I think this is everybody's fear is like the the – first time stepping into the counselor's office like yeah. the fear of the unknown like all right i'm actually doing this does this mean i have problems like the stigmas yeah. that and hopefully our culture and our world and our generation is working to cut down all those stigmas yeah. but do you do you remember what it was like the day you were like i'm taking this first step <laughs> yeah it's gonna make me cheery when you talk about it um i think the enemy 
as you're getting closer to relinquishing his power, starts full court pressing you. Absolutely. And so I had decided I was going to go to counseling. And all morning, I sat there and told myself how crazy I was. I sat there and told myself how much I'm going to, because counseling's not cheap. No. Um, how much I was wasting my wife and I's money. How much I, like, how much of a failure I was for having to go to counseling. I sat and, like, on on my couch, just like dry heaving, and just prayed over me before I left because I wasn't gonna go. Yeah. I went. I cried the entire way to counseling. <laughs> like, man, it was like one of those things that, unless I was dead set on going, like, actually, truly, I had made a commitment to my wife. I had promised her I would go. Um, otherwise, I would not have because yeah. it sucked. And but, and honestly, the first couple times sucked. <laughs> like, I don't mean to like discourage anybody. Like, they were so great. They really were great. But walking away, I felt like someone just like punched me in the head a bunch because you you start saying things that you would never you let when they're all in your head and then you get it out, you can process them and then you're like, holy crap, yeah. <laughs> like and so my my process like my encouragement would be like, man, this is the analogy that I use a lot because maybe I'm a sports brain, but like if you have surgery. The surgery itself is not hard. You're asleep. You don't feel it. Yeah. The rehab is painful and like monotonous and tiring and you're sore and you're not comfortable. And I see counseling as like rehab a lot of times, which it shouldn't be. A lot the, right now our society uses counseling as reactionary. I would love for it to become um, proactive and not reactive. Yeah. Uh, because I was I actually had a guest on my podcast who was like, "Hey, you don't go to the gym." So that you don't, you don't go to the, like, you don't tear a muscle and then go to the gym. You go to the gym so that you don't tear a muscle. Yeah. Why then in counseling do we go, oh, I had, I had this mental break. Got to go to counseling. Yeah. We, we wait until it's, it's not too late, but like we wait until we need deep surgery instead of going to, to keep the sports analogy alive, going to what, like OTAs, like, like, you know, like athletes train in the off season. They yeah. they they do strength training, like uh, stretching. Like they they t- care for their body to prevent something. And and I, and I think it's important to note that you're not going to completely prevent these things. Like yeah. you look, the injuries still happen, but you're in a better place to handle those injuries if you're prepared. And so today, man, full transparency, I hate anything other than the color black. Like when I, I'd hate to wear anything. <laughs> And I was You're sitting, preaching to the choir. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, and and I sat in my counseling office one day, and I'm a guy, and so I need to have achievable, like tangible steps that like, am I actually growing? Yeah. And I sat down with my counselor. I was like, hey, what can I? She goes, we we've talked about your clothing a lot. Like, what if this week you wore four shirts that were not black? No, she said three because it was less than half. And I was like, no, that's losing. I'm like, I need more than half. So. That week, I wore four shirts that were not black. And that sucks. <laughs> that, that, that sucked. But it was this process of, like, grace for myself because the next week, I didn't do it. Yeah. The, like, I, I stepped one step back, two step forwards, one step back. And that's what I feel like mental health is. But I think the first step forward is going to counseling and understanding that, like, I think the first step is, like, I can't do it myself. Two is if I can afford it and I have the means to, 
counseling is scary and it and it is hard but nothing in life that's like nothing like I I did it I measured it this way counseling was really hard but it was easier than sitting and beating the crap out of myself every night yeah that's like, crazy and so you choose like am I going to choose the pain that is breaking me down or am I going to choose a pain that's going to make me stronger on the other end yeah dang that's amazing um I think I, I would I think people kind of want to know this too I think hopefully we're at a place in our culture our society especially with people in their 20s that know that counseling is not a sign of weakness it's not a it's it's a sign of strength it's just, it's a show of responsibility over your health um and I believe that seeking a professional is very spiritual but but for somebody who let, let's call that like the pragmatic yeah. um I, I kind of want to know as we as we kind of start to wrap this up a little bit, you took the step to seek like professional pragmatic help. Yeah. What role did spirituality play? And when I mean spirituality, not crystals and tarot cards and all that, what role did Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Bible play? And then I guess our closing question, a follow-up would be, what role does your community play um, in, in getting healing? So to start, like you're, you're seeking this prof- professional yeah. help. Yeah. Um, what role did the Holy Spirit, Jesus, the Bible play in you kind of gaining and stepping towards healing and health? Yeah. Um, man, the role of the Bible and the Holy Spirit. I see um, things in pictures. And the world, we are under spiritual warfare, under spiritual attack. The minute that I, man, shoot, when I'm asleep, I'm under spiritual attack. I wake up, I put my feet on the ground, spiritual attack. Um I see my mental health as a spiritual attack to me. And it is in, I believe, James. Gosh, dang it. I'm, I should know this. I am not a good Christian when it comes to quoting uh, scripture. I can I like, can maybe remember the book if I'm lucky. So yeah, trust me, you're in good but, company but with it's, that. But it's essentially like, uh, but, but first surrender it to the Lord and then the enemy will flee. Um, but first it's to surrender it to the Lord. And if I'm in this spiritual warfare, I stand no chance against the enemy. He is very good at what he does. Um, I hate to give him any kind of credit, but he just is. He's good at lying. He's good at deceiving. He's good at lying, stealing, and killing. Yeah. Like, it's what he does. And I don't stand a chance, but if I first surrender it to the Lord, then he will flee. And yeah. so for me, it was, God, I can't do this on my own. Like, I need you to illuminate the way of how this becomes not crippling to me. Yeah. Um, I trust that you will. And... And so in this spiritual war, I see it as like, man, I I can't do it. We're all, <laughs> to make it cliche, but like we're all, sol- I, mean, I like metaphors, and we're all soldiers in this army, like you, me, any other person. And so we all need, but we're all supported by and backed by the Lord. Um, and so I see it that way, where I'm, I'm learning to be very open-handed with everything in my life. I'm trying to be. Um, And my mental health is no different. And so, like, when it comes to my faith, um, man, I'm learning about perspective. Uh, The Lord's teaching me things like, okay, so I believe fundamentally that there is good in everything. I believe that God is good. He is in everything. So even if I can't see it, if I can't see the good in my mental health, um, it's there. But I have to find it. And so right now, the good in it is that I'm able to speak to other people about it. Mm Mm-hmm whether it's healed or not is indifferent because I'm able to then 
just take a layer off of mental health stigma. That's all it is right now in my life, I think, is the ability to talk about it. Yeah. Um, which then feeds into community because, man, if it wasn't for my wife, if it wasn't for uh, my friends and my family, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to because I think the one thing that because I've as we talk like I, I I hate to say it but like when people choose to take their life there are times I've had suicidal ideation I've been so depressed that I just don't want to anymore and I've been so anxious and scared that like and it all stems from my mental obviously um but it's so exhausting between your ears and and, it, and I get where they're like I just can't I am so tired of this it doesn't stop but I have my community who when the, like when that time it hasn't recently in the last 2 years but prior to that it was not an uncommon thought and um I I fully attribute that to my community um because they're it's like the Aaron um who is it that holds up the arms of of Moses or is it even Moses whose arms are held up who's yeah, holding yeah. Up? it's Moses and someone I think it's Aaron and her uh, right am uh, I way off I don't know no I, I know you're right about Moses and Aaron so. okay so well, and, and some then the other third dudes. guy and the other yeah. guy, whose name might be her which would be confusing um, <laughs> but but uh I feel like those are my my people where um you're not necessarily maybe you don't wrestle with mental health and you're listening to this maybe you're the people holding up the arms yeah and don't downplay your role in someone else's healing i think that's so good as yeah. far as like your one word literally one word um of encouragement like i think to even like man milana one night we were had her over for, we had him over for dinner and she gave me this encouragement just of like Mitch, you're doing so good. Like you don't realize, but like we notice that, like you're like like what you said earlier to me. Like, like you're a different person, yeah. and just to hear that from someone who you love is so important because the person who is me in that scenario is sitting there saying you're wasting your time trying to do this. There's no growth. Like you are, you're waiting. That that's the enemy trying to cut you down. And so community in that is just like two sided. Seek it out. Don't isolate yourself if you are the person who is wrestling with mental health. And then secondly, if you are the person who is help, is, I hate the word helping, but like lifting up the arms. Lifting up the arms. Yeah. If If you're walking with somebody, understand two things that like every process is different and the power of presence. Yeah. Just being there. Sometimes... I'm so prideful when it comes to like, I use the analogy like, unless you fought in my war, don't give me advice because you don't know. And that's that's somewhat true because if you don't, if you've never had an eating disorder, you don't understand completely. And so, but if you sit and just tell me like, dude, it's okay. Like, let's go do something. Let's just go sit and hang out. Yeah. Like you're having a bad day. I don't have advice for you. I'm not going to fix it for you. Yeah. But I can go sit and let's go play basketball. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's biblical. That's sort of the entire story of Job is Job has this um, incredible, incredible disaster. Uh, take like take the life of his children. He was one of the richest men of his time. He became like completely poor, um, literally, physically, 
ill, um, when he had his health. And the whole story of Job is he has his quote-unquote friends um, come to hang out. And very quickly you realize his friends have been contemplating why all of this happens. There's three friends that are giving three distinct voices. And they they almost their comfort quickly becomes like a battle with Job yeah. of like, this happened because there's secret sin in their your life. This happened because you obviously do you're bad with money or whatever. Yeah. And and then finally there's one friend that has just sat and listened the entire time. Yeah. And then once he's listened and once Job has like poured his heart out, he offers what the author I believe is highlighting as the godly perspective. But it's it's one of the last parts of the book. Um, And so the whole book is these people who are coming to try to be fixers. And one person who's practicing the power of presence to where his relationship is good enough, he knows Job's heart good enough. He's spent days, weeks, months not saying anything but just being there so that when he does say something, it's trusted and that it's it's from a, a place of not just fixing but like true, honest care. And I think that's one thing that I'm learning just being a pastor is that, you know, they say that guys are wired to fix, girls are wired to feel. I don't know how, you know, how true that is. But I, I can't say I am, I guess, more of a fixer. That's some of where Aaron and my biggest fights come from. Why don't you just do this? Why don't you? And, and one thing pastoring's taught me is that, like, I would say 75% of the people don't, don't need to be fixed that yeah. I talk to. They just want to be listened to and then maybe offered – a little bit of perspective, but but not Jesus fixes the Holy yeah. Spirit fixes, 100%. Um, and so when you said the power of presence, that Job just came to mind because I always wrestled with Job um, as a kid. I was like, why is this book in here? And I thought it was to show that like God can bring disaster and bring whatever. But I, I took I took a Job class in college specifically because I could not understand it. <laughs> And it, it, it was crazy to me that literally the book of Job is kind of on the power of presence and how to sit with somebody who's hurting and how not to sit with somebody yeah. who's walking through something in life. Yeah, we don't always have to fix. And sometimes the, the, the hard thing is, is like so many times the most well-meant words can be received as as offense. Yeah. Um, and like an example of that, like literally yesterday, I love baggy clothes. Just yeah. love them. I don't. I bought a. Th- I'm not a three X. I bought a T-shirt at Walmart at, that was a three X. And my wife was like, "Why did you do that?" Like she goes, "You you like look, you're swimming in that shirt." <laughs> and and I, I, she's like, she goes, "You look good. Like wear like tighter. Like you can wear a one X probably." And in that moment, I like got angry. I was like, just let me wear the shirt that I want to wear. <laughs> like, I want to wear a baggy shirt. You don't understand how I feel in the shirt. I don't want tight constricting clothes. I want baggy. She meant to, she told me I looked good. Yeah. <laughs> she told me, babe, you look like you, like she goes, she actually told me the 3X shirt makes you look big because you're wearing a 3X shirt. And, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand. I feel good and I don't really care. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and so like she meant so well in that moment. She literally gave me a compliment. Yeah. But in that moment, I would have loved to just be like, hey, you're like, let me wear it. Like, yeah. <laughs> just let me wear it. Yeah. And that, like, you don't understand, like, let me have my process, really. Yeah. And I think that that would be a, a good example for like, if you have a friend, like, let them, unless they are going to hurt themselves. Yeah. Sometimes people just have to 
figure it out in their process and they just need you to walk with them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, the the band has started, um, which will be our cue to wrap up. But at Young Adults, we, we're doing a mental health series and we've entitled it Hope because we know that just the topic of mental health, everything from eating disorders to anxiety to depression, it can be a pretty heavy uh, subject. And so we wanted to frame it in a way of like, yes, this is heavy. Yes, this is serious. And by no means are we trying to take away from that. But we believe that the offer of Jesus, the offer of the scripture is that there's hope. And so as somebody who is, I feel like, maybe still in process, but have come out the other side and have conquered this, uh, or, or maybe you'll always be in the process of conquering. Um, but I feel like you have done the, the honest, the good work, and I feel like you're walking in the freedom that Jesus has allowed you. I would just say for our audience as we end this, as you wake up in the mornings, or maybe even more big picture, where is your hope like in this process? How do you wake up with hope? How do you look forward to your future with hope? Um, and as you kind of continue to walk along this journey and then invite others to share their story to help bring victory to everybody yeah. who listens to your podcast. Yeah. Um, how do I? Yeah, how, where, where do you find your hope? How do you get your hope? Yeah. Oh, uh, wow. Jesus. I mean, truly, I think as you're sitting there, I was like, I really hope I, I, I that I get one. I thought I didn't know if you were closing, but like I truly, as you said, that I'm in process. I'm in. I I believe that I have conquered it. Yeah. Um, but as I say that, that doesn't mean I'm through it. I think that conquering it by definition is by saying, hey, I understand the perspective of that. I can beat it. Yeah. I think that this this despair of hopelessness is where you're losing. Um, and I believe back to my, my life first of surrendering it to the Lord that like I have full authority over my mental health. Yeah. Um, there are times when I surrender that authority, um, but in Christ Jesus, I have full authority. And so whether I choose to wield that authority or not is on me. And when I have victory, um, I have when I wake up in the morning, um, I can tell days that I'm prayed up and pray days that I'm not and days that I am. Are, are easy yeah. is that I'm not when I try to do it by myself when I'm not wielding my authority I lose and that's like or I barely win like yeah. um, and so I find my hope in and it sounds so Christianese but I, I actually just hate that because it's just truth I think that the that finding my hope in Jesus that is what I do period and and people might try to say oh you sound weird like no it is the I, truth. like it's the truth and it, and i if i have one i'm looking at this clock I, I have one quick second i i there was a guy who went up to my dad at hobby lobby the other day my dad just had surgery on his ankle and his boot and the guy said can i pray for you and he said my dad's like yeah he goes all right jesus heal his ankle and then he asked my dad to put weight on it and, oh, wow. and, and my dad he's like do you still feel pain and my dad's like yeah and he goes, okay, well, we're going again then. He goes, and Jesus healed his ankle. And in that moment, there was no healing. But that guy had such faith and such hope yeah. that he would ask a stranger to pray, that I can pray for your ankle. Yeah. That's the kind of hope that I wish that I could have. Yeah, yeah. Um, unabashedly, unashamedly, just Jesus is my hope. And if he can do the things that we believe in the Bible as truth, he can do anything in me. Yeah. And so, yeah, I would say that that's first surrender to the Lord and watch the enemy flee. That's awesome. That is amazing. 
Well, hey, thank you for your time, um, for investing in the people that listen to this podcast. Um, we always end with kind of like a prayer and then a plug. So would you pray for us? And then we'll we'll let people know where they can follow you and follow your journey, your drawings, yeah. your podcast, all that good stuff. Definitely. Uh, Jesus, before we ask you for anything, we thank you for everything. We thank you that we have hope in you. We thank you that we have community. We thank you that there are resources out there for us um, with whatever we wrestle with, Jesus. I pray for anyone under the sound of my voice that is wrestling with mental illness, whether that be addiction, whether that be um, the repercussions of abuse, whether that be self-inflicted things that as far as like mental health, uh, eating disorders, um, Jesus, I would just pray that you would that you would lay their, your hand on them and whether it be divine healing in this moment or just a comfort and a peace of your presence, Jesus, you are the ultimate peace of presence. Um, and Lord, I just pray that in this moment you would just be a breath of fresh air to somebody who is maybe grasping for their last right now, Jesus. I thank you that you are good. In all circumstances, you are good. Uh, I pray for the perspective and the ability to find you in the situations that do not seem good. Um, Lord, we love you. We honor you. I pray that this podcast would bless the ears of people who are listening to it um, through your name, uh, Jesus, that you only would be honored. Uh, we love you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time, man. Where where can people follow you? Maybe on the gram, follow your drawings you were talking yeah. about, and then plug your podcast again one more time. Cool. Um, yeah, so Mitchell G. Parsons uh, is my Instagram handle. Uh, and then that's where I do a lot of my, it's like drawing and man, I, I like to write. And so it's writing paired with drawing and I dote on my wife a lot. So that be, <laughs> that's what you're signing up for. And then uh, my podcast is over a drink. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple. It's on Amazon. It's on Google, any of the platforms that you can find it. Uh, the, 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 you'll know it's the right one. If it's a, a black background with two hands clinking a beer and a coffee mug. There you go. Um, so, yeah. And, oh, I do want to plug real quick. The podcast is evolving. I feel like I need to do this. It's long. The first couple episodes are long. Okay. Um, there's, there's good meat there, but you're signing up for a, a, a longer episode. Um, as they grow, they are getting more concise. And I don't know if I love or hate that because the organicness of the front is fun. But, um, yeah, so give it a listen. I would love for you to reach out and let me know what you think because constructive criticism. If you hate it, tell me, please. No, don't. No, no, I would love you. I would love for someone to tell me that it sucks so that I could have ways to fix it. So, <laughs> no, yeah, if you're that you. person, I'm, you're a jerk. Yeah, so. I'm honored to be on here. Thank you for asking me, Connor. Yeah. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I, I found that these like organic conversations are normally our most listened to. So, really? yeah, we, we try to script them out and, and we, we, pray about and put heart, put thought into like series and stuff but people just love hearing other people's stories and journeys and so yeah um we're gonna try to be doing a little bit more of that in the near future as well but thanks for your time man um thank you guys for listening for all things red rocks young adults you can follow us at red rocks ya on the gram or you can go to redrocksya.com I believe, or ryya.org. It's the same website. So um, we'd love to see you on Thursday, Lakewood Campus here in Denver, 7 o'clock Thursday night. Invite somebody, bring a friend. We'll be wrapping up our mental health series this Thursday with an incredible special, special guest. And then Thanksgiving is coming. 
and we are doing an amazing Friendsgiving event here soon, so you won't want to miss that. But we love you guys, and we will see you here in a week. Peace out.